0: When did the highest compliment you can give become, you don't even look your age? What does that even mean? And why are we so obsessed with youth? And how can we embrace our aging faces? This is the Spinster Life Podcast, the podcast that is learning to embrace its wrinkles. I'm not pointing fingers or calling anyone out for wanting to look young. Despite all the thinking I've done about the topic, all the evolving I've done, I still try to look younger and I get upset when a new wrinkle or gray hair pops up. Because this message that eternal youth, well, an eternally youthful appearance, is the ultimate goal is embedded deep within our culture. But when you start to look harder at this younger is better mentality, the cracks start to show. Today, I'm talking to master esthetician Natalie Bevins about the looks as double standards that keep women chasing the fountain of youth and some simple things you can do to keep your skin looking healthy for longer. Natalie has been helping her clients feel beautiful in their own skin for the past 20 years, and I'm so glad that she's here to share her wisdom and knowledge about skin. Natalie, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. I'm really, really excited to talk about aging and embracing our faces. Why don't you tell us just a little bit more about you, your career, how you became an esthetician, and what is it
1: about skincare that makes you passionate? A lot, I guess. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I have been a master esthetician for about 20 years, and through those, I've seen a lot, and I've seen this how we view skin changed dramatically as well. I first got into aesthetics because I myself started suffering from acne. I was in my 20s. And I felt like it just hit me. Of course, knowing all I know now, it doesn't just surprise you and just boom overnight, it's there. But it felt like that to me. And so I was searching for answers. And I would try anything that I read or, or saw or somebody told me I would try it. And, and the things I was doing it just looking back, I'm like, that's ridiculous, that's not going to help me. But at the time, I didn't know what else to do. And so I was just kind of searching. And then somebody said something about an esthetician. And I remember thinking, like, what is that? Because, you know, 20 years ago, it wasn't a real prevalent thing to hear about. Yeah. So I was like, well, what is that? And I explained it. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that's that's me. I need to do that. Like, I love everything you just said. <laughs> Sign me up. So I did go to school. And I just I love skin and how it interacts with our body and how it can be so informative of what's happening on the inside of our bodies. And I just love to care for it and to teach women about it. And I love when I'm able to teach somebody about their skin, not everybody's skin, just their skin. And then they have that awful moment where they're like, oh, that's why it does this. And so then they can prevent it or treat it or that they just have full understanding of themselves. So those are the things that I love about skin.
0: I think you were the perfect person to discuss this topic. I think a lot of those things are key. Individualism, like all of us are different. And none of us, all of us are going to age differently. Our skin is going to do different things. It's genetics, it's lifestyle, it's nutrition, it's all of those different things. And I love also that you have factored in using skincare or using your skin as an indicator of health. So it isn't just what you look like. It is also What is what's going on inside and skincare, taking care of your skin and making it look better can also make you healthier.
1: Yes. And it's so reflective of what's happening. And you can't have beautiful, healthy, glowing skin if you don't take care of yourself on the inside. And I think so many times we as especially women, we see skin as aesthetics only. And it just how is it looking and what does it appear to other people to look? But really it's an organ. It's our largest organ and it's trying to function for us and it's trying to do the best job that it can to serve us. But if we're not giving it what it needs, it will not be able to function its, you know, its role properly for us. So we, we need to look at it a little more medically, a little more whole body instead of just appearances and aesthetics and what does it look like.
0: And, and I know that we will definitely get into this, but your skin will change as you get older. Yes. I like you had acne. I mean, ever since I was a teenager, I've had really, really bad acne. And like my skin has changed a lot. And now that is not my main skin concern. But for a while, I was still like caught in the past of like, oh, what my skin needs stuff for anti-acne because that's the way my skin is. But it's changed so much that now that's not my main concern. Now my main concern is rosacea. So I am transitioning more into anti-aging. So I guess that's why I've been thinking about this a lot, because those are the products that are being recommended whenever I ask for recommendations or Mm -hmm. reach out to somebody for their expertise. So it's just gotten me thinking a lot about aging and everything that we put into anti-aging and preventing wrinkle and all of those practices. Like, why are we so hyper-focused on anti-aging, when there are so many other things about our skin, like it protects us. We we can make it look good, sure, but what's realistic for us as we age?
1: Yeah, that's a big question because really, again, it's so individual, right? It depends on what you've done and what your goals are, what you've done with your skin where you want your skin to be and how realistic you are as far as viewing your own skin. And I have told so many people, like, if you are 60 years old and you have healthy, healthy skin, your skin will look better than somebody who's in their 20s and 30s with really unhealthy skin and they don't take care of it. So again, I think aging and this whole view of anti-aging is quite arbitrary because if you don't understand what healthy skin looks like, and that's what you're actually after, you're actually after that healthy, glowing, radiant skin. It's not so much you want no blemishes and smooth and no wrinkles. Right. Like we are actually after healthy skin because that's what's going to make you glow. And so I think that's a misconception as far as I don't want to wrinkle. I have a wrinkle here. So that makes my whole face look bad. Right. That's not actually the case. Yeah. <laughs> you want overall health.
0: Yeah. Why don't you tell us just a little bit about a little bit of the science behind our skin and aging? Like, why does it change and what do we see
1: based on those changes? Okay. Yes. So first thing, the number one cause of aging is the sun. The UVA rays that we get, it's 80 to 90% of it. That's how much resp- how much the sun is responsible for our aging. It's 80 to 90% of our aging. So if you are the kind that has never used sunscreen, you've never protected, you're always out in the sun, you don't seek shade or hats or cover or anything like that, you are going to have more aging than somebody who has sought after the shade and sunscreen and all of that. Again, genetics do play a bit of a role, but really the sun is huge for that. To combat that, you've got to make sure you're getting your antioxidants and stuff like that as well. So there's, I think that would be the number one thing that would cause you to age faster is the sun and exposure to that. And then you've got smoking and pollutants and the atmosphere that you're around also will help, help that (laughs) or or not help that, right? Right. (laughs) Um, and then as far as internally your diet and food and stuff like that plays a huge role in how you age as well. And if you have never really taken care of your body inside, like you're not eating your proteins and your fats and drinking your water and getting your fiber, like all of the basic things. If you're not doing those things, then you will age quicker as well. Because again, your skin does not have the vitamins and nutrients to function properly. So it can't, it will do the best that it can, but there's only so much you can do if you don't give it everything.
0: It is so easy to just not eat well because yes. it's just easy to grab something that's prepackaged. It has a lot of sugar filler ingredients. It doesn't have all of those macronutrients you need. But yeah. to me, it's a little bit like a car or like a plant, you know, like if you don't give it the right stuff, it's not, yes. it's not going to function correctly. It
1: just can't function correctly. And your body is, yes. is exactly the same. Exactly. I love that. I love that analogy. It's totally true. Like if you're not putting anything in it, what can you expect to get out of it? And also like sunscreen, I'm a huge proponent of sunscreen. And I
0: love that sunscreen, It is one of those things, like it's double pronged good for you. Like if you don't want to age and you don't want to look older, it will help (laughs) you with that. But then it also prevents skin cancer, which is one of the most easily preventable, but most common cancers. And it can be insanely deadly.
1: Yep. Yep. Cancer and pigmentation. So aging, cancer and pigmentation as well. All, All three of them. It's, I mean... your sunscreen on i don't know (laughs) what else to tell people right yeah they have great sunscreens now yeah they don't all smell like coconuts they're like yes (laughs) and they're not greasy and they don't make you feel oily and yeah they're great (laughs) yeah
0: yeah there's any kind of sunscreen that you can imagine i shouldn't that's like i guess yeah i'm not i I like skincare, but i think sunscreen is one of my like favorite most researched things that i i put on my face so i i love that
1: yeah. That's excellent. That's perfect. Yeah.
0: I actually I've like I, I took the advice in the women's magazines to heart when I was like 20 and was like <laughs> start wearing sunscreen every day. Which I guess turns turns us toward that part of the conversation about aging and how we all recoil from the thought of it and we're all yeah, we're all after this this holding on to our youth as long as possible. Yeah. And And the phrase you don't look your age and how that's a compliment but looking your age is somehow not a compliment or you know it's a it's an awful thing and it's like the biggest compliment to someone you don't even look your age (laughs) um you've worked with a lot of faces and uh, as an esthetician you spend 50 60 90 minutes alone in a room with one person. Why don't yeah. you tell us just a little bit about what you've heard from real women on how they look their aging faces?
1: Yeah, I, that's it's very true. We it is definitely considered a compliment. If it's oh you don't even look that age that Oh, that's, I'm still beautiful is, is how we interpret that, which I think is also incorrect, right? Um, yeah. You can be very beautiful at any age. But that's how we take that compliment is Oh, okay, I'm still beautiful. But working with women, it, I think the struggle is really quite the same because of the messages we've received and how we are perceived from other people is very important as far as looks for women. I feel like maybe more than men, maybe not. I don't, I can't speak for men, but it's very important how we are perceived. I, I see women and how they feel because you come, you, when you get a facial, you become very vulnerable and all it, you feel like all of your flaws are just out there. And so then they're like, Oh, I'm sorry about this. Or I didn't do this. Or I think I'm doing this wrong or it becomes a place where they think they're doing everything wrong and that they have to tell me these things. And I, I just always think, no, don't apologize for anything <laughs> on your skin. You're not a like, priest. They don't need to confess their skin <laughs> sins to you. No, no. And, and I feel like they think because I am an esthetician, they need to point out the things that they know is wrong with their skin. But I'm like, no, you don't. Like, don't point it out. If it doesn't bother you and it's no health concern, I won't address it with you. Like, you don't need to, unless there is something like, hey, this red spot bothers me. Okay, let's talk about that. If you have wrinkles here, but they don't bother you unless you're very vulnerable. You know what? They shouldn't bother you at all then. Like it it's okay. It's okay where you are and it's okay where your skin is at. And like we're all going through this process of healing and changing and and fixing and aging. And aging is beautiful because that's like shows where you've been, like you've lived a life. You have lived a full life. You are happy. It's a privilege to age. So I don't think that anyone should apologize for how their skin looks. And I don't think that we need to feel bad if we look our age or anything like that. Like it's it's beautiful to age. It can be very beautiful to age.
0: Yeah, I we just we don't hear that enough. We hear it, no. like we're we're hearing it more and more, but I don't know that it's sinking in. I don't know that we're hearing it. We're saying it, but I don't know that we, I think
1: we have to say it a bunch more times before we all believe it. I, th- I think we hear it so much. And then we see these celebrities that are older and they have been able to preserve their beauty and that, yes, they have wrinkles and stuff. But again, it goes back to their skin is so healthy. They yes. look radiant and beautiful. And you think, oh, they have aged so well. And then you internalize I- it and think, why have I not? Right. 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 But you don't see you
0: don't see what's behind the scenes. You don't see their yes. trips to the dermatologist <laughs> or, you know, whatever that yes. like, the hours that they spend on skin care or they just have access to more. They have they can hire people yeah. to make sure that they're eating well. They hire people to every know, aspect of their life aspect. And they might have had cosmetic procedures done. Yeah. If they're going to really good surgeons who who do really subtle work. They, you, you know, can't tell. you yeah, you can't necessarily tell, but you're you know you're gauging your own face and that you haven't, yeah. you have no intention of altering surgically, and you don't want to <laughs> invest the money to get any procedures done, and you don't want to spend the downtime recovering from them. Like you, yeah, you don't see
1: everything, hundred yeah, percent. You don't know what went into all of that, and we come out thinking, oh, we're right. not good enough, or we're not pretty enough, and. There's just the big. There's just a big disconnect.
0: Yeah. And I would also say that they are scrutinized so much. Their faces are photographed. They're put up on like giant screens. I think like that would make any of us want to like pay a little <laughs> bit more attention. Like it is, it's just a different standard. And if you were in that position, you probably would. And there is that double standard for women and not so much for men, like for men, wrinkles. I would say to your point earlier that I think men are concerned about their appearance, but I think there is a different set of standards applied to their appearance. Like wrinkles and gray hair give men character while wrinkles and gray hair make women look haggard or compel people to describe women as haggard or crones or witches or whatever. It gets into (laughs) some like, you know, it gets into some like really harsh, imagery. It's not good for a woman to look older, but when a man looks older, he becomes distinguished.
1: Yeah, totally. I agree with that. Yeah.
0: But that women, women need to be relevant, to be important, to be recognized, to be a part of society. They need to keep looking. And if they don't, then they're criticized for it. Yeah. Justine Bateman, the actress, the actor, she has a book coming out it might be out in some places already, but it's, it, she has like very famously, very vocally not done anything to her face. And she, she smoked a lot and she's like, yeah, like I've got wrinkles, I'm aging and I love it. It's badass. Look at me. You can, you can see the year. So she wrote a whole book about like our obsession about our faces and what oh. they do. I've not read it yet, but I'm very much looking forward to it since this is going to be on the list. Yeah, it goes so much farther in our, in like our everyday lives. We now have social media filters that make it possible for us to
1: alter our own images. Yes. Which I think is scary to me coming from, you know, I am trying to treat people's skin. I'm trying to make them feel better about their skin. I'm trying to help them understand their skin, but then they go on. And that's a lot of things I hear is I want skin. Like I see on Instagram, I want skin like this person. I want skin like this person but they don't, they, the filters are so subtle sometimes that you can't tell until you see them without one. And then you're like, see, that's not real skin, That this isn't a realistic goal. This is not real. And I yeah. cannot make your skin to have no pores. Like you're still going to have pores at the end of the day, because that's how your skin is made. And that's how it helps function. Like I right. can't, I'm not a miracle worker. <laughs> it's a feature it's not a bug like pores pores are just part of skin yes Yes, they're necessary and so filters have really altered people's perspective because anybody anybody at all can have beautiful skin on instagram and so then they're not this big celebrity where people sometimes can have enough filter to think okay those you know that's makeup that's a lot of time that's plastic surgery that we have enough capacity to understand that but when it's just an everyday person that you follow on Instagram, you know, your favorite influencer, you don't register that as much as you do with a celebrity. And so you're thinking, wow, what is she doing with her skin? I need that skin. Why can't I have that skin? When most of them are filters, it's so prevalent that there are filters everywhere. And I've watched people who are dermatologists. I've watched people who are fellow estheticians and all these things that are treating skin, but yet they're showing up with filters and that's one thing I never do. I do not and have not used a filter because I want you to see real skin. Like I have real skin. I have a blemish here and there. I've got a pigmentation area. Like I'm treating all these things. I have skin just like you. And this is what real skin looks like. I think that's really important for us to see real skin.
0: I absolutely agree. And I applaud you for that because I am definitely not there. I have
1: a filter on <laughs> right now. And that's, because you're not in the skin like it's okay I just as for me and like I want people to see my skin and know it's truth yes and no and I think that there's like more people should feel
0: free to or they should they should feel comfortable enough to do that to say like here's my skin it has texture I have Some lines here or there. That's one of one of the other insidious things about social media. New products for anti aging that are aimed at like prevention. There's like a straw where you don't have to purse your lips. (laughs) So it's like you know, don't get those lines around your lips. Yeah, just prevent that. And it's just a straw. Like you just put your mouth on it instead of sucking through a straw. Yeah, don't make um, that
1: motion. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, and I think a lot in like baby Botox and all of these things that are are coming up, it's very misguided. And it is just a way to get more money from women younger and younger. If you plant this seed that like, yeah, prevent this horrible disease of aging.
1: Yeah, this horrible disease of that line on your forehead. That's just like somehow it's it's cursed you or something. It hasn't. You're fine. Right. Like this is just what faces look like. Yes, yes.
0: I'm not anywhere near to terms with this. I recognize that this just happens. It's a natural occurrence. People have lines, their faces move. They have habitual habits that cause little lines around my eyes because they, you know, when I
1: talk or smile or laugh, like they crinkle up, like they just do. Yeah. It's it's just part of life and it's okay. But I think To what you just said, I think everybody, including myself, we all have a little resistance. Even if we are embracing ages as much as possible, there is still a little resistance here and there. Like we will see a picture of ourselves when we're younger and then we'll see the difference or we'll see somebody our same age and think, wow. But it it really is a mental thing as far as like getting, once you get your skin to a healthy, healthy spot, then it is a mental thing to be able to embrace it and be like, you know what? This is my life. And just look back at your life and look at the things you've done and the things you've learned. And you wouldn't want to go back. You wouldn't want to go back to your your teens or your 20s no. and do it all over again, right? No I, like, no,
0: I absolutely would not. That is absolutely accurate. And of course, like we, we've been so programmed, we are still bombarded with messages about aging and anti-aging and preventing the signs of aging. It's almost understood to be like a, a good thing. That's a, what you're aiming yeah. for is to prevent the signs of aging instead of just coming to terms with the fact that faces change as they age. Like we're not really set up for that, to recognize that, to sit in front of a mirror and just like take stock maybe looking at a picture of yourself from 10 years ago and going okay yep that has changed because I, I know i've definitely had that experience of looking in the mirror and being like when the fuck did that arrive like when you know <laughs> when did that line or that spot or something when did that show up? where did up? this come from right yeah. and like yeah. not like not you know knowing that it had to have been there for a while like most things don't just show up overnight yeah. like no <laughs> <laughs> but you just noticed it. Yeah. Right. Yes. And you're like, whoa. It's also hard to square that against. You have an image of yourself in your head.
1: And yes, then yeah. when
0: the mirror ref- isn't reflecting what you think is in your head, that's also something that's hard to wrap your mind around.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like, I-, I think it's a two two-part thing. Yes, we have wonderful, wonderful treatments and creams and products and things that can prevent and to help heal. But at the same time, like, at some point you have to embrace it because it's going to happen and, and not everybody gets to age. We all may not be able to age. So I think at some point we need to embrace it. And I love it to tell my clients like, Hey, those smile lines that you're bothered by means you've lived a happy, full life. Right. And those lines are like, (laughs) yes, you've had a full smile and the laughter, the lines on your face tell the story of where you've been. And so I don't think we need to be fully afraid of it. Yes, let's soften them. Let's make them healthy. You know, let's, you know, ease, ease your, that side of your conscious and stuff and your personality where you're holding back. Like I can't age, but at the same time, like embrace it. Like it's, it really, really is a beautiful thing to age. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That is what bothers me about Botox. I think Botox (laughs) has some like wonderful clinical applications like I've looked into getting treatments for TMJ so they will paralyze the muscles so that you're not like like clenching them so much and they have a chance to relax they can use it for um, hyperhidrosis for people that like they sweat so much in their hands and their feet that they're like sliding all over it's sort of dangerous for migraines like there are absolutely very valid applications of Botox that help millions of people function
1: better yes yes I love that. Yes,
0: but But the the thought behind Botox, just don't use your face to preserve (laughs) it for what precisely? Like that. Yes. That bothers me a lot. It's like using the good china, but like save your good face. But like for what? Yes.
1: And I feel like kind of taking a little bit of enjoyment out of life. You can't smile fully and it can't reach your eyes and people don't know your full expression, your full emotion because your facial expressions are so connected to you, how you feel. And we read people's emotions off of that and you're stopping communication. And I've read articles from
0: people who... Talked about the experience of getting Botox and like their mood matching what their face did. Yeah. Like becoming becoming depressed or like their mood was
1: worsened because they couldn't emote fully. That makes so much sense. I've never read that article, but now I need to look for it. But that makes so yeah. much sense because really it is a form of communication.
0: You have to fully inhabit the emotion. You can't yes. just feel it. <laughs> yes. Like it, it has to come out on your face as yes. well. Well,
1: I mean, your body and your you're so interconnected with your body and your emotions, and if you can't fully express through your body, like, your emotions kind of get hampered down.
0: So, we don't all have to have plastic surgery in order to take a like a rational view of aging and anti-aging and looking our best as we age?
1: No, not at all. There's a lot you can do. There's a lot of just really good ingredients that you can look for in products as well. Um, Definitely, like we said before, like we talked about the sunscreen, make sure you're wearing a sunscreen every day. And a really big misconception with sunscreen is if I'm going to the beach or the pool, for sure I wear sunscreen. And a lot of times people that I talk to about their sunscreen, they're like, oh yeah, I'm wearing it. Every time I go to the pool, every time I go to the lake. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> every time you do your regimen in the morning, you're putting sunscreen on. Every single day. If you're going to drive in a car, if you're going to, if it's overcast or rainy or snowy, you need your sunscreen on. Oh, snowy. Snowy is a huge yes. one. Anything that's going
0: to reflect yes. back at you. yeah, And from you a, get the double. Take it from a pale yes. person. Like I have burned. <laughs> I have burned in the most ridiculous of circumstances. Like.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I remember growing up, we had in high school, we had to take this swimming stuff, swimming class. So for two weeks, every day for about an hour, I was out at the pool and the entire time it was overcast every single day. It was overcast. And I usually if I burn, it might be a little bit, but most of the time I tan. So after those two weeks, I came out with a really nice tan right? Because I had been out there and I didn't think at that years ago, I didn't think to put sunscreen on or anything like that. And I remember somebody saying something to me and I said, oh, I just have been swimming. And I remember the look on her face was like, yeah, because she's like, it's been overcast. And that was my first like introduction that not everybody knows if the sun, if you, if the if it's daytime and we have light to see, right. you are getting UV rays. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like the light, like
0: V- being able to see daylight means yes. that uva and uvb rays are getting through
1: yes yes because you can't have sun without the uv and uv rays, so.
0: right yeah that's yeah. just that's just part of the deal so yes absolutely um what i've also heard yes. about like blue light from devices having an effect oh, yes. um do, do you know anything about that have you read anything about that
1: Yes, so they a lot of recent studies, just because we are all on our computers, our phones, our TVs, any type of device, any type of screen will give off blue light. And what the studies are finding is that the blue light reaches, so you have two rays from the sun, your UVA and your UVB. Your UVB don't go as far into the skin, and they're your burning rays. Your UVA go further into your skin, and that's your aging rays. They're finding that the blue light goes further than the UVA rays into the skin. So... Make sure even when you're inside on your computer working, you've got a sunscreen and you're reapplying. Very important with all of this new technology. And we're always around some sort of technology. So we're always getting something. Really important to do that.
0: Yeah. So what kind of sunscreen do you recommend? I am like a mineral sunscreen devotee.
1: Any thoughts on that? I do. It, it really depends on the person. So there is a sun, there's a sun screen, and then there there's physical and chemical. So the physical is what you're talking about, yes, and has they have wonderful applications. It's great. There's no negative side effect. You can't have really reaction. It's a natural mineral. And so what it does is it basically reflects the sun off of the skin. The downside to that, there's two downsides to that is if you rub it because it's physical, it's just sitting on your skin. So if you rub your skin or anything, you've rubbed it off of that area. And then the second, if you are a darker skin tone person, it can give you that ashy gray look, which they don't want, right? But other than that, I actually really like physical sunscreens as well. Then the the chemical ones, they actually absorb the sun rays and break it down. So they, and then they absorb it to the skin. So they're not going to be moved as easily. And then they don't create that gray cast to the skin either. So it really depends on what you're after. If you have highly, highly sensitive skin, you might want to go more for the physical. And if you're a darker skin tone, you're definitely going to want to go for the chemical, but a nice mix. If you mix the two, if you find a sensory with both of them, that works really well also. So it really is again, pretty individual and you just need to know what they're for, and then gauge what you need personally for your skin.
0: Any good tips for reapplying over makeup?
1: Yes, definitely make sure that you're reapplying and you're reapplying every two hours. And then what you're going to do is just put some in your hands, rub it around in your hands, and then you're going to pat it on your skin. And that will help preserve your makeup, but then you still have that sunscreen again.
0: Awesome. What else should we be doing that's going to help us look our best? And yes, we per- all yeah, perhaps, <laughs> pre- you know, maybe prevent the signs of aging but also yes. like it's you know isn't isn't something that's going to drive us crazy that we don't have to spend 5 hours on yeah. every day
1: yeah and that's the thing i prescribe a lot of products for people and i can gauge their personality like some people want that 10 step 15 step and if they don't have it and they're not alternating products every night they don't feel like they're doing anything and then other people i can tell right from the get go they're barely going to do any of it so <laughs> um the basic of what i always recommend this is the absolute basic is you need a cleanser And you need an exfoliator, moisturizer, and then the sunscreen. And how you're going to use those is for cleansing. You're going to cleanse once in the morning. Which a lot of times I know people skip that step because they think, oh, you know what? I've just I cleaned it at night. I have I just went to my bed. Like everything's clean, right? Well, one of the functions that your skin does is it's a detoxifying organ. And so during the night, when we think our body's sleeping and relaxing, that's when it's building and repairing. So if we get up and we start doing our regimen, just put our our moisturizer, starting with our makeup, all of that stuff we try to detoxify is still in our skin, and then it has a possibility to be reabsorbed. So your body just is working extra. So cleanse in the morning. And then at night I say double cleanse. So you're going to cleanse the first cleanse. You're going to get any makeup, debris, any pollutants, anything off of your skin. And then your second cleanse, you're going to be able to get actually into the skin, into the pores and really clean out the pores. And depending on your cleanser, hopefully to be able to deliver some really good ingredients to your skin as well.
0: Oh yeah. I use a, a squalene cleanser from The Ordinary. Okay. Yep. Like an oil, it's like an oily kind of thing, an oil which, base. like, yeah. I uh, I guess that's one thing that, like, it took me a long time to break from like the 90s and how like acne control was yeah. like, get every stitch of oil off your face is that you know yeah. your, your body yeah. produces oil,
1: and that's a fun, that's a feature of the skin, not a bug. Sidetrack here when you're talking about the oils on your skin. It's actually a protective barrier for your skin. And so that's where I talk about a lot as far as if you have that healthy glow. And if you don't, a lot of times your barrier is broken and you're doing something consistently to keep it that way. And so what happens is it's just exposed. Your skin is exposed. There's nothing to protect it. And so good can come out, bad can go in. Like there's nothing to keep that hydration in or anything. So when you talk about the oils, yes, it mixes on there and it, Creates that barrier for your skin, so definitely want it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh my! I don't know how long my skin barrier was stripped just because of that mentality. You so think you use a really harsh cleanser that gets like yes. all the oil off your skin, and then you use like a really astringent toner that's just like alcohol. Yes. Like I just I remember doing all of those things to my skin, and I just I. It makes so much sense why I had skin problems when I look back on it.
1: Yeah, exactly. When we now we understand, like, oh, wow, why were we doing that? Then you're like, oh, that's what was happening, why it kept going.
0: (laughs) And is that something that also will contribute to, I mean, obviously it's for healthy skin, but will that make the skin look? older than it, it actually is.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. And if you continue to do so, it will age the skin. If you're not taking care of it as an organ and protecting it as an organ, then it cannot function. And so you'll have side effects. So if you have, if you're already worried about aging, it definitely will get worse. And the same with acne, rosacea, any issue that you're having with your skin, if you've stripped that barrier, your body can't heal it and it will get worse. Do you have any recommendations for just like a good cleanser that's
0: pretty inexpensive and very easily accessible
1: that works uh, for like a yeah. wide variety? <laughs> that's a very hard question um, <laughs> because So I do virtual consultations for women and I walk through their skin. And because I treat skin so individual, so much so like you're not even going to have the same skincare regimen your mom has or your sister has or your your best friend, you're not going to have the same regimen. And so I can't really say here's the cleanser because it depends on what you're dealing with, right? Your skin type and your skin tone. And uh, there's just so many factors that go into that. I wish I could give you like a straightforward answer, but. Again, it's not that. No,
0: I think that's a great answer because I think we all look for those recommendations from people in our lives. Maybe you can talk a little bit about like reading labels and like how to find like active ingredients or ingredients that work for your skin.
1: Yeah, for ingredients across the board, if we're just talking predominantly anti-aging and preventing that, a lot of things you want to look for is you're going to look for the ceramides, the peptides, the antioxidants, anything along those lines. You can do retinase, although you want to be careful with those. HAs, you also want to be careful with those. Those are those two, I would say, wait, get a professional to tell you what you can use and and how to use it. Those two are something that I find a lot of times if you get a prescription or you find an AHA or a retin-A or some sort of a vitamin A derivative and you start using it, if you use it incorrectly, you can cause a lot of damage instead of helping your skin. So again, I gotta go back to make sure you have a professional helping you so you can get that. But across the board, something for premature aging, definitely go back to the peptides, ceramides, antioxidants, the hyaluronic acid, and your skin loves vitamin A, C, E, and B. And those will just really help get in there and help collagen production and, and elastin production and all of that as well. So those are kind of across the boards.
0: Yeah. Okay. Great. Great advice. So yeah, let's talk about exfoliation because I assume yes. that exfoliation needs change a little bit as you get older.
1: They do. And they change again. This, is, this goes back to everything. It's, it's- very individual. So there's a couple, there's three different kinds of exfoliators and you've got a mechanical, which is the ones that you have the beads where you can feel them, the chemical, which is AHAs, anything like that. And then you have enzymatic, which is usually from papayas or uh, pineapple or something like that. And you can have different ones and they're for different reasons. So if you're struggling with aging, then you could probably go with the AHAs, the chemical exfoliators, things like that. But if you have inflamed acne or inflamed rosacea, you definitely want to stay away from mechanical. So again, it's really, really individual. And then how you're going to use it is also individual, but I recommend about one to two times a week. Again, depending on what you're treating, what kind you have, how strong it is. There's a lot of factors that go into that, but probably around the one to two.
0: And I think that we all think, yes, exfoliate all the time. It's great, but you can absolutely
1: over exfoliate. Does the skin get thinner as we age? it does get a little thinner, just because you're losing that collagen and elastin. And so you get that thinner feeling that sagginess, all of that. So if you can preserve that longer, if you can make sure that you're eating enough proteins, and that you're really getting your vitamin C's and your antioxidants and things to help, um, you have a special cell in your body that is its job is to break down your collagen and your elastin. So if you can kind of stop that process slow it down by vitamin C's. Hyaluronic acid is wonderful as well for that kind of hydrated plumping feeling. And you do produce it in your body, but it is one that you can also put topically, whereas collagen, you can't really put it on topically. It's not going to do what you want it to do or what you think it's going to do, but you most definitely can internally take collagen for that. But yeah, your skin definitely gets thinner as we age.
0: So yeah, little, little lighter on the exfoliation.
1: This is not not an
0: everyday practice. It's not something you
1: need to include in your routine every day. No, no, because we're trying to polish off the dead skin so we get back. So there's a few reasons we do it. We want it to look better, right? Obviously, it's going to look better. Your makeup's going to go on nicer. There's going to be a smoother texture. But also, it goes back to your skin can function better when it doesn't have the dead skin cells in its way. I mean, every, it is dead. What we see on our skin is dead skin cells, but there's a certain amount of layers that are ready to come off. And if we're able to help them slough off, but at the same time, we don't want to overdo it because then we're trying to take away the stuff that's not ready to go yet. And it doesn't need to go yet. So there's kind of a fine line. And that's, again, make sure you get some professional help with that to know what you need and how often, because it can be done
0: incorrectly. Absolutely. I do recall that St. Ives apricot scrubs, <laughs> putting that right on my face and slathering that oh, in there. No. I don't know how many layers um, of skin
1: that it's like sandpaper on your skin. <laughs> yeah. And you would be surprised at how many people I have to still to this day, 2013, have to say, Oh, don't use that on your face, please. No, honey, don't do that. Please <laughs> don't stop, do, do that. that. <laughs> stop doing that. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. And then moisturizers. So if we get into moisturizers. Everybody needs a moisturizer, even if you're oily. I know this is something that people are like, whoa, 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 I have oily skin. I don't need moisturizer. That's actually incorrect. You need a different kind of moisturizer. You need a water-based, a thinner one, but it goes all back to the skin barrier. We are trying to keep that skin barrier as healthy as possible. And so even if you're incredibly oily, put on a really, really light water-based moisturizer and it will just kind of keep all that that hydration in, you don't need to try to keep the oil in because you're producing enough, but you want to keep that hydration in and then sunscreen every day, like we talked about. So that's a four-step regimen, cleanse, exfoliate, moisturize and sunscreen. It can be very, very easy. Yes. Yes. And really, if you think about it, the amount of time that you would spend on skincare can be like two minutes. You wash your face for a minute, rinse it, dry it, put on your moisturizer and you're good to go. Maybe a couple times a week, once a week, you spend an extra two minutes because you're exfoliating. Like it really, it can be very simple. And I know a lot of women that I've worked with, they get overwhelmed because it's like, there's four bottles and I'm used to doing nothing. But really, if you just break it down, like as long as you know what you need to do, and that's why education is so important and understanding your skin is so important because if you understand why you're doing it and what it's for and the order Like give yourself a week and you've got it down and you're just going like it's very simple. It can be very simple.
0: Yeah. I mean, and then of course you can expand from a simple routine if that's what you need. I know you mentioned some of the ingredients that we should look out for. Is there anything that's trending that people are looking at for either skin health or that's going to soften the appearance of wrinkles
1: a little bit? Oh goodness! I feel like there's always something trending, isn't there? So I think the big yeah, one is that we, yes. <laughs> the big one we hear about all the time is hyaluronic acid, and we just that's become such a buzzword. But the funny thing to me is like it's a buzzword now, but your body's been producing it since you were born. So <laughs> like <laughs> like it's not really that new. But yeah, I just think again it comes back to the basics, and and there's so many trends. But trends don't matter to you individually. If the trend is to use retin-A and you have rosacea, like that's not going to work for you, right? Like, yeah. you, you really have to go back to your skin is individual and there's no trends on your skin. What your celebrity is using is not going to work on your skin. It just is so individual and you need to understand your skin i know i keep asking for general recommendations because I, I guess we're, I, I, we're so guess that... we're so
0: used to, to talking about yes. it like that yes i guess it, that's it's true it's, it's an invitation to like yeah to stop caring about to stop caring about a lot of things to stop caring about like how you look compared to other people what skincare yeah. products you're using compared to other people you don't need to compare yeah.
1: yourself to anyone else when it comes no. to your skin No, exactly. And I love how you said that. We're so trained to see that, right? So if I prescribe something to a client and they're working for, you know, looking for anti-aging, the bottle doesn't say anti-aging, like they're going to be like, oh, but is this going to help me? Well, actually, yes, it doesn't have to have the label that because there's, we're so, we're also so trained to have like, you go in and get your regimen for anti-aging, you pick up the container and it has all your steps, right? Step one, step two, step three, and you do it in those order. And it doesn't matter who you are, what skin your, you know, issues, your tone or anything, you just grab the case and that's, we're trained, this is going to help. Or the same with acne, you grab the acne case, that's supposed to help you. And then you're surprised when it doesn't.
0: <laughs> I do remember um, proactive, take it like using proactive yes. on my skin and like it, it worked. It had the appearance of working for a little while until it didn't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody went through that proactive (laughs) phase of like, (laughs) oh, this is working. Wait a minute. Is it not? Why am I getting so red and itchy?
0: So maybe, yeah. So maybe that's where it's coming from. We're sold on that notion of the miracle product. Like we're going to find that one product and that's going to solve everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I get that a lot. Like, is this chemical pill make me look like I'm going to be 20 again? And I'm like, I've always (laughs) laughed. Like, yep, for sure. Like, you know what I know that isn't physically possible, but that's, In their heart, they kind of wish it was right. Kind of wish, of course. Yes, of you course we wish. It,
0: yeah, of course we wish there were like quick fixes or to like yeah. return us to a place where we were like societally comfortable with what we looked like. But were we ever comfortable with it? Like when when I was twenty, I was like, "Oh, you're just a toad. Like, look at you. You're awful."
1: But if you were to look at yourself back now when you're twenty, you'd be like, "I was. I am so beautiful." Like, yeah. You. I think at any stage, at any age. There is something, especially again, as women at there is something we will pick apart about ourselves. And I think we just need to embrace it. Like, it's okay. We're okay. We're doing okay. And yeah. these little things that bother me, and this is one thing I tell everybody, don't ever, ever get one of those 10 time mirrors. Don't get them because you see yourself 10 times bigger. You see 10 times more faults. And then when the mirror's not there, you think everybody can see it, but nobody can. No, nobody no. can. Right. And once again, it's those pores, like your pores yes. are
0: natural and good and yes. Like yes. they're they're doing a good job. They're doing something really important for you.
1: Yes. And as an esthetician, if you came to me and you didn't have pores,
0: that's where my concern <laughs> would come in. <laughs> I mean, and I think it's it's that kind of boils down to education too, because there are yes. like places on our body where the pores are not as visible; they're still there, right. but they're not as visible. So we think that our all of our skin should look like that, but like yes. our skin is is like even on our body, our skin is and individual functions. Like like the, the skin around your eyes is very thin and very delicate, or like the skin on your on your leg or something might not be yes. as
1: as thin and delicate. Exactly. Exactly. And, and they have different areas to function in different ways. Like it's just like any part of your body, like your digestive system has different areas to work for different things, like your right. skin, all very different. And, it, and it's for a reason. Yeah, not and not just to like torture you psychologically. It's- <laughs> yeah. yes. Exactly, exactly. It's not meant to be harmful. <laughs> yeah, and I think we just we don't
0: see that as much. I think we've gone to like different extremes with photography too. film cameras sort of just naturally soften everything yeah so like when you know when you're looking at a picture shot on a 35 millimeter camera it, right you know, everything just sort of has like a soft glow that's just the nature of film and then we got digital but then we started airbrushing and, and filters and all of these things yeah. to, to remove the skin texture yeah. but
1: we've just all internalized well I gotta look like that yeah somehow that's become our mark to hit and, and we're not hitting it and no and because then, we're and because we're real, because yeah. we're three dimensional yes. people that have real skin. Yes. We should all just look at our mirrors with filters on it and then everything <laughs> would be fine. <laughs> you say that now, and that's probably gonna happen.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> the filter, the filter
1: mirror. Yeah, is there anything else that you would like to add? It's so important to understand that your skin starts from the inside out, and there's so many simple habits that we can do daily that can help you with that and help you because it's also connected to your emotional state. I mean, we all know if we have stress, if you're acne prone, you're going to get a zit like it. And you can't tell me you that they're separated your emotions and your body are separated. And so Just really remember to take care of your body inside and take care of your emotional health, your mental health, your physical health, and it's going to reflect on your skin. And then as you embrace aging a little more, as best as we can, because I know it's still a struggle, but yeah, just remember, keep it healthy. Keep your skin healthy and it will look better. It It will look great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, health. Is just going to make you the best version of you yes. that you can be. Yes, and I think that's all any of us can really strive to be as the best version of ourselves.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Thank you so much. This was such a great discussion. I'm so glad that I got to talk about all of this and and discuss it with someone who is so knowledgeable about skin and
1: you know has so and much fun. to say about anti aging. Please tell us where we can find you online. So on Instagram, I'm at the Fordham Beauty. Or I also have a free resource that you can get and it talks about these simple daily habits you can add in and that's lp.fordonbeauty.com. And then if you ever have any questions, you can reach out to me on Instagram or you can sign up for that and it will put you into my newsletter and just reply to any of those emails and I will get back to you. Perfect. I will link to all of that in the show
0: notes. Once again, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was fun. If you want to support the spinster life, listen up. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, or sign up for the Substack newsletter, spinsterlife.substack.com, or follow us on Instagram at livingthespinsterlife. I'm also on YouTube. The channel handle is The Spinster Life. Thanks for listening.